All right, welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I am sitting in the Rumpus Room, which is a eatery on Main Street in Vancouver with two members of a band called Tokyo Police Club. I'd love you guys to introduce yourselves. Hey, what's up? Uh, the slightly hoarse one is Graham. I play guitars in the band. I don't know if you care. Hey, what's up? The slightly congested one is Josh. I also play guitars in the band. Thanks for joining me, guys. So we're in the Rumpus Room. You guys are waiting for your order. What did you order to eat? Uh, I got some vegetarian chili and then to balance it out, some uh, some little miniature corn dogs. I also got the vegetarian chili. It came highly recommended. <laughs> to balance that out, I got some uh, fried chicken and a Caesar. And you just got a beverage. I got my hot toddy. Wow, hot toddy. This smells good. Yeah, man, it's, the, it's a miracle drink. Although Josh's Caesar just arrived and it looks pretty damn good too. I'm, I'm very excited for this. And didn't your tour manager's drink also come? Yes, it did. That's a beautiful looking whiskey sour. All right, well, you guys take a sip of your drinks. I'm going to play a track. I'm going to play Hercules off your, off your latest record, TPC. So who would like to give someone a little information about that song as if they've never heard of you guys before? Yeah, so uh, Hercules, our new album is like a really guitar-y, to us, really fun record. But what's fun to us is kind of like big 90s alt-rock jams. And so Hercules is like the peppy, upbeat song on the record, uh, which made it an obvious choice for the first single, especially in the summer, and also makes it one of my favorite songs to play live right now. Welcome back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Hercules by Tokyo Police Club off their latest record, TPC. Oh, the cutlery has come. All right, guys. <laughs> That's fine looking cutlery. Looks ready to use. So the story behind this record is that you guys nearly broke up before making it. So why don't we start there? Yeah, I guess I kind of dispute the term breaking up, even though it's accurate, because it just makes it sound like we were in like an acrimonious state where we barely made it through this, like, you know, this antagonistic relationship. We had to patch something up. It was a very mutual reassessing of goals and life positions. So I, I would say that we were like, we were thinking about maybe just like gently turning the fader down on the band. Uh, and we never got as far as actually discussing what that would look like, whether it was going to be an unextended hiatus or a, you know, just a chilling out or whatever. Uh, it was just, yeah, as Josh says, everyone was kind of rethinking 10 years in, what do we want to do, where are we at? And for some of us, certainly for me, it felt like maybe 10 years is a good amount of time to do this. and Maybe it's time to try something else. Uh, and, you know, that was kind of all going on while we were writing the songs for the record. And somewhere in that process, we all in our own way sort of rediscovered 
you know, the joys and the love of what we do. And so instead of stopping, we started starting even more than ever before. You summed it up very nicely there. The story I heard is that at the end of the 10-year anniversary tour for your A Lesson in Crime EP, three-fourths of you were ready to do the slow fade. One wasn't, and he turned all of you around. Well... We could, uh, yeah, we could, we could say that. I think, I think the important thing is that um, we, in this conversation, we consciously recognize what it was about the previous ten years, or more recently, the the most recent chunk of time that it started to grate and like grind us down a lot quicker than before. And once acknowledging that, we uh, we were. Sorry. The food is here. <laughs> yeah. No, no problem. Uh, that might be. It was our It looks delicious. It looks amazing. I'm very excited for this chili. Um, so where was I? Saying something about how we, we just took a look back at what was causing us a lot of unnecessary um, uh, where there were a little bit of effort sinks and we weren't uh, getting what we wanted back and we made changes to our creative process and our business side and we we just took a lot of control back and then we decided well now that we've done all that we need to do one more record to just fully realize this potential of what we've just uh kind of assembled and uh see where that goes so i'm gonna get dramatic but it sounds like a regrouping for one last stand we got the band back together <laughs> yeah. i mean at one point that was on the table too we're like damn this record is good but like Maybe this would be a great way to be like, this is our last record. Wouldn't that be cool if we could like just do this triumphant thing? But again, it, just, it was like every step of the way we kind of had to trick ourselves into continuing to do it. And maybe that was Dave tricking us into it. Um, I don't really know. Certainly I felt like I was tricking myself. I thought I was in control of my destiny the entire time, which is maybe a foolish thing to ever think. But yeah, it was like, oh, cool, it's going to be our last record. Yeah, so now we can like, let's really invest everything in this record. And then the more we invested, the more it felt like, why would we ever stop? When we first decided to do this, we were kids, right? We were like 18. And my parents, both teachers, both English majors, both like real rule following, steady people. And when we got our first record contract, I was like, mom, dad, we got this record contract. And they were like, does this mean you're gonna not go to university? Cause I was taking a gap year at that point. And I was like, I don't know, not right now. I wanna go do this. And they were really furious about it. And I, I sat down with my dad. This is like the most mature thing I've ever done in my life to date. I was like, listen, man, I get your, you know, I get your objections. I want to talk this out, and like, you know, I'd love to have your blessing, but blah, blah, I'm gonna do this. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm my own man, whatever. And he was like, "Listen, it's not that we think it's gonna fail now. It's clearly going really well. Our concern is ten years from now, when it seems like it's just around the corner. It's just around the corner. It's just around the corner. How are you gonna know enough to get out while you're still young, while the getting's still good, and like, you know, if it starts to not work." How are you going to get out of it? How are you going to know enough to actually separate yourself? And at the time, I was like, yeah, whatever, Dad. But as I got to 10 years after, and, you know, things were starting to plateau a bit. And, you know, we were really hypey early on, and that was starting to go away, as it naturally does. I was like, oh, no. The old man was exactly correct. And I need to have my wits about me and not get dragged down by something that's sinking, get dragged down by my own hopes and expectations. And I got really obsessed about that for a while. And I was like, the only smart thing to do, because there's no retirement plan for bands. And we're not the Rolling Stones. Like, Tokyo Police Club's probably not going to be getting in the van and going around the country when we're 60 years old, or 40 years old, maybe 40. Our tour manager was just like, oh no. Uh, 
But so I, at the time I was like, so if there is going to be a second act in my life, if there's something else I need to do, I should do it now when I'm 29 and not try and figure it out when I'm like 55 and maybe have a family and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm not qualified for anything else. It's a virtual reality Bitcoin economy in like 2040. Robots so, are going to have all the jobs anyway. You're going to be competing with a much superior being. Uh, exactly. So anyway, I wanted to, I was like, I need, the only responsible choice to make is to get out before the robots take all the jobs and see what I can do. And that was, I remember that time we had that, the conversation that you referred to about the three of us saying like, no, and Dave saying, let's keep doing it. I, I remember vividly the three of us were driving to Chicago for a show and Dave was meeting us there and in the van we got talking about it. And that was a big thing we were talking about was like, how are we going to know even if we just don't jump? Like we got to get out of the safety zone and figure out our lives. And it felt really imperative at that point. And now that fear is still like somewhere in the back of my mind because it didn't get any more viable long term, but I just don't care as much. All right, I think it's time for I think it's time to play another track. I'm going to play Simple Dude off the latest record TPC. How about one of you guys say something about it before we hear it? Oh, Simple Dude was a uh... It was actually kind of cool because it came about really effortlessly. I mean, it's always it's hard to write songs and like you put a lot of time into it and everything. But uh, this one, as soon as they played a demo version of it, it was very immediate. And so in recording it, we just tried to keep it as close to the initial idea as possible. And uh, that's what you hear. I want you wearing white. I want you in a frame. Nothing but a t-shirt. Dancing in the rain Cause I'm just a simple dude With an ordinary mind I want you in your body Holding next to mine Cause everything you do is a new sensation Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Simple Dude off the record TPC by Tokyo Police Club. I'm eating dinner with two members of the band. Guess what? It's your turn to talk about this song. So Simple Dude was, I was thinking about it the other day, and it's been really interesting for me rem- reminiscing about the circumstances under which we wrote all the different songs on the record. Because the narrative, as I'm sure you've seen in, in your, you know, whatever press pack you got sent, is we went, we kept going to this rural Ontario church which is true, but it wasn't the only place we went. And there was one session where we had played a show in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada's capital. And afterwards, the church wasn't available. And so our friend Jonas has this, like, he lives in this farmhouse and built a studio out of the farmhouse. And we went out there for, like, three or four days. It was the only time on the record we went out there. And at the time, it felt a little bit like, 
um, out of the narrative. Like, even while we were there, it didn't have quite the same vibe as the church, and it felt a little bit like, ah, are we wasting this time? What are we doing? But in retrospect, we wrote a bunch of songs that wound up on the record there, and I was thinking about it. We were playing Simple Dude last night, and there's this thing, as, as everyone just heard at the beginning of it, where, like, it's the quiet guitar going, and there's a big, all of a sudden, the band does this surprise hit. And I remember coming up with that in Jonas's like little barn studio and being so psyched about it. Uh, and also he built his own sauna, and so we went for steams every night. Nice. Simple dudes enjoying the simple life. <laughs> great, that was great. <laughs> so your press materials talk a lot about uh, wanting to recapture the energy of the older songs, but as you guys have very well described, you're no longer 18-year-olds, so that can be a daunting task trying to be someone that you can't be anymore. I, the phrase I've been using in these interviews about stuff like that is always like, you spend a decade, like, how many bands haven't put out the press release for their new album where it's like, and they tried to recapture the energy of doing it for the first time. And I feel you just cry wolf and cry wolf and cry wolf. Or maybe it's true. Maybe you genuinely believe it every time. But I don't even know how to talk about it anymore without just sounding like, uh, you know, like a robot. You know, like, like those bots where they're like, we fed this bot a thousand Simpsons episodes and it wrote its own funny script. It's like we fed this bot like uh, 10,000 banned press releases and it spat out like this idea that like, yeah, we wanted to like go back to the energy of our roots, but at the same time apply the benefit of our experience in new ways. So I think this record is kind of like, you know, it has one foot in the past, one foot firmly planted in the future. It's almost as if anyone who's listening to this has something to like in it. Please buy it. Fair. That's so, not to be cynical. <laughs> no, that is on our stickers for this record. <laughs> fair, fair. So then if you tossed all that out of the window, where would you say the Tokyo Police Club is on the path of their journey? Not knowing, of course, where the end is. Now I feel like, and this is going to be corny, I'm sorry, but I've always perceived the path as being like, what, what is the path towards? Where is the road sign? Why am I not like closer? Am I going in the wrong direction? Find me the shortcut. Find me the fastest route between point A, which is wherever I am, and point B, which is like resounding success. Whatever I'm hoping and dreaming for, whatever you know, I think I'm supposed to hope and dream for. And now I'm like, wow, the scenery on this path is beautiful, and this walk is gorgeous, and I feel great. And I, if I can't see five feet in front of me, I don't give a shit. That's very good. That was like the same analogy that I was thinking in my head. Although mine was uh, at the beginning of our career, we like leapt off into the ocean and we were following certain boys that we thought were like, oh, that's where we got to get to. Let's swim over there and keep going. And then we got to a point where we're like, oh, shit, we have no idea where we are. And we weren't enjoying just floating around. And now we finally picked a direction and we don't know if it's right, but it feels good to all of us. And we are swimming in that direction. And uh, yeah, same analogy. Mine has the element of drowning. <laughs> I think it's time to play another song. I'm going to play New Blues off the new record. Who would like to talk about it before we hear it? Well, we just talked about the church, and Josh, Josh mentioned like the natural reverb of the church. And I think, you know, for a long time we talked about we should record the record in a church. We should like duplicate this feeling. And then we're like, well, there, there's a lot of beautiful recording studios that they built to record in, so maybe we should just do that and save ourselves the trouble. But obviously, like, the songs were informed by the space, you know? When you're hearing everything filled out by all this reverb in the room, you're less likely to try and put stuff everywhere. And in the past, it's been a very Tokyo Police Club thing to do, like, any leaning time is cleaning time, as they used to say when I worked at Tim Hortons. To be like, oh, there's, like, a blank spot there. Let's put in nine riffs and eight drum fills so that it's, like, still exciting and cool and people don't lose interest. And I think the church really helped us not do that and to be like, just let the chords kind of sit. 
And New Blues to me is the most effective uh, application of that lesson that we learned. It's just like me and Josh are just hammering on these chords. They're big, roomy, like nine chords. And yeah, they just they filled the space and the space gave them right back to us. And I, it still sounds like that to me. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track, New Blues, off the record TPC by Tokyo Police Club. Josh, it's your turn to talk about this. Yep, like Graham said, uh, New Blues, I, I, I could be completely wrong on this and feeding you false information, but I feel like that was one of the first tracks that we did in the church. And uh, it was it went through a few iterations, but it was always very close to the original idea. Um, we didn't do too much. In the past, we've done this great... We call it the circle back, which is you take an idea and you just beat it to death. And it's always important to explore different uh, avenues that an idea could go down or the different ways a song could be interpreted. But at a certain point, you have to realize that that's what the song is and that's what it wants and how do you best serve that. And New Blues was one of the first ones that that circle back was very tight. And we did maybe two or three iterations of it, and then we threw it all out, and we we're like, no, this, the, what we had before is the true DNA of this song, and how do we just best showcase that in a way that uh, really conveys it to people listening? And I think uh, the way we did it ended up being very close to the original, and uh, I think it's the best way that that could have been conveyed. All right, so you guys are on tour now. You're mostly playing songs off the new record. You've got quite the catalog behind you. What's one song? from the good old days that you miss playing live, but it's no longer on the set list, that I can play now. On this, that we don't on this, yeah, that we don't play anymore. On this tour, we made a conscious effort to try and learn a lot of our old songs, and we were for a while we were doing kind of a request part where people shout out things that we'd try to play it half decently. And most of the time, we almost lived up to the half decently. But now we've kind of put songs like Big Difference, we put into the set. We just uh, attacked it head on and said, we, we're not good at this, so let's play it a bunch of times and figure it out. 
but that we don't play anymore that I want people to hear. Ah, you going? Uh, I don't miss playing it in the sense that it was. I found it difficult to get right and stressful in the set. But I really liked. I loved. It's one of my favorite songs we've ever done, and so I miss hearing it all the time. Uh, it's called "Gone." It's off Champ, and it's, it's there's this really fun keyboard part in the middle that on the record. Oh, my tears arrived. Thank you. That's okay. Good save. Questions gone. Must go from memory. How did you get band name? Um, so yeah, this keyboard part that in this we did in the studio, and we put my old Casio tone, which is now retired from the road and lives it stays out in my apartment, through Josh's whammy pedal. And while I played it, Josh like futzed around with it, and you can hear it in the quiet parts. It's like bloop, 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 bloop. And we didn't, we couldn't do that live. We never figured out a way to do it. But man, it's so cool. And in my in my head, when we played it live, I was like. But then I had to play guitar a bunch and sing a lot, and it was just too much. And that song is gone. And that's off the record. Champ. I also off the record, champ. I like that. That was like a request by us. Okay, like, hey, long time, first time. <laughs> nice. All right, so you guys are on tour now. You're probably going to be promoting this record for a couple of years on the road. If you could imagine, and I know that you are an aspiring screenwriter, so you will be able to imagine this very well. It's one and a half years from now. You guys are finishing the tour. You're all tired of being on the road, tired of each other. You're going to have to have that conversation to re-up. So how do you think that's going to go? Oh, to me, I don't feel like there's a conversation. I think at some point, Dave's going to be like, hey, you want to book some time to write or jam? The only conversation I can think of having is like, do we go back to the church or do we try and find a new cool spot that'll be the new record's cool spot? But other than that, I'm I, I'm in, man. All in, 100%, no question. Yeah, there, there really has been a re-energization that's happened since we took as much uh, control back of our business and our creative process as well. And that's really satisfied all of the previous uh, uh, feelings of terribleness. Uh, <laughs> just... just um, yeah, it's been much more creatively satisfying, and I mean, we're we're at the merch table even on this tour, selling our own merch, which I never thought was crazy. But everybody that comes up is just like, "Oh, you guys are actually selling your own merch!" And like, even something as small as that, taking it back and being like, "We could have somebody come out here and sell our stuff, but we'd rather do it ourselves, be in control of it, talk to people, and like be on the ground floor." Um, I don't understand why that would be seen as crazy, but please continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wait, same. Quick anecdote. Some guy came up to me last night and was like, are you related to the keyboardist? And I was like, in a sense. Uh, Obi-Wan, that's yeah. a name I've not heard for a long time. Yeah. We all have stunt doubles, and this guy was on to you. <laughs> nice, guys. Thank you very much for sharing your dinner with me. I appreciate it. It's the last song, so I'm going to choose one of these days off the new record. So I'd love it if you guys could tag team this and tell me a bit about this track. I remember going to the church to do one of these days and I just got a new guitar, Fender Starcaster, Johnny Greenwood style, a new amp, Fender Deluxe Reverb, everyone's style, and a new pedal, Chode Blaster, uh, Eva from Charlie Bliss style. And I was like, yeah, this setup is dope. And we started playing that song and there's the, the uh, you'll hear it in the song, the bow, 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 the part where he says one of these days. I just like hit the Chode Blaster and just like held the hollow body guitar up to the amp and it started feeding back in the church. And I was like, I am a guitar god. I am not a guitar god. But in that moment, I felt like one. And that translated into the record. When we did a few tracks on this song where Josh and I just went into the room where the amps were, 
and just uh, the song's in an open tuning for the you know semi nerds out there. And we just like got hollow body guitars and cranked the amps and just held up the guitars and made feedback for like I don't know, a good six minutes. And it's all over the song. It's so dope, man. Yeah, I was gonna say Grant, Grant mentioned the open tuning. That was gonna be my only thing is that it's uh, one of the crazier, the zany things we did. Before this, we had nothing that was in a real. We we were either in standard E or E flat, um, and this was the first song that we kind of said, you know what? It suits the song. Let's do it. Open this tuning. And I was gonna say, have your listeners try to guess what it is, but no, it's it's called Dad Fad, but it's actually Dad F, F sharp Ad. So that's the key to it if you want to play along at home. Oh, I I like it because in that tuning I can play it all. I sort of just bridge like the the low three strings on the guitar with my index finger, and I just I just move it up and down the neck without changing, which is like a very high school way to play guitar. Also, so easy for a robot to replace you doing that. We've been over this. Guys, thank you very much for being on my show. I enjoyed this so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for meeting us here. Really appreciate it. I don't wanna get by getting by. Don't do the trick for me. Cause I could get free doing things a little differently. I don't wanna get made, getting made ain't making much of me. I already got it all.
the last thing I'd love you to do is say, hi, my name is, I'm in a band called Tokyo Police Club, and you're listening to The Interview Show. That was the second Eminem reference of the interview, for those keeping track at home. Uh, hi, wait, you want me to, I'll, I'll do, want to do one each, or what do you think? All right, I'm going to start. Hi, my name is Chicka Chicka Graham Wright. Hi, my name is Josh. We're from Tokyo Police Club, and you're listening to The Interview Show. 